0: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Welcome to episode 76 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and back with me to, again... Uh, again, I don't know what I was thinking, but uh... together 76. again. I have to like reset because this is seventy six. So we just put to bed seventy five episodes, oh, and it's now a new era. Yeah, yeah, it's a new era. Season so... two, season two. There you go. So season two of Comic Book Nation, and with me still here on the couch is uh, my co-host Matthew Aguilar. What's up, everybody? And our new uh, semi-regular co-host over here, who just kind of found that out like a minute ago, <laughs> Janelle Wheeler, very here excited, on the couch.
2: Very and, excited to be uh, here. And
1: over there lurking in the cut where arguably he belongs is uh, Mr. J.K. Schmidt. Schmidt. I said Schmidt. I don't know why I said that. Put some respect time. on my name, please. I, I will. It's Schmidt. Well, thank you, third man. As in. <laughs> uh, but uh, J.K.'s here because... He is back because he is one of our resident Star Wars experts, and you might have heard there's a little something happening in Star Wars this week that we are here to talk about. That is that final trailer for The Rise of Skywalker. So JK's here to kind of keep us on point, because you always need a, like a Star Wars troll with you to just make sure you're not saying the wrong things <laughs> or capitalizing the wrong things and... This man keeps us on point, so J.K.'s here, here to help us out. Did you call him a troll? No, I said... <laughs> you said Star
3: Wars troll. I said,
1: I was generally advising to keep one around. I did not qualify what this man was I was like, Brandon's
3: do. not here. No. Oh,
1: <laughs> wow. That's a deep cut. Quite a shade thrown at Brandon Davis. Uh, Richard, Richard's over in the booth. Probably loves that. Uh, but no, it's all Star Wars lovers over here. So we're going to talk about that new uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer. But we got more to talk about that JK can lend his expertise to. We are also going to be talking about the big shakeup at Marvel TV that happened uh, just before we got in here this morning. We're also going to be talking about another movie trailer that people might remember is still out there in, in addition to Star Wars. And we are going to do a deep dive breakdown of HBO's Watchmen, which is beginning a bit of buzz and is a talkie point right now and a pretty unique product. So we're going to talk about all of that. But first up in our news flash, let's just start right at the beginning with the big thing: the trailer for Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker is now out, and it's going to be our final trailer allegedly until opening day. Um, and if history serves, that's probably true until we get some like promo trailers closer to release day. Overall, it's been kind of an interesting reaction to this trailer, like. We were all hyped for it. The whole world was hyped for it to drop during Monday night football. I was actually seeing the lighthouse, I was seeing a screening of the lighthouse, and as soon as I walked out of that crazy thing, like my phone blew up with Star Wars stuff. And I sat down and watched it. And um I mean it's no secret. I put it out on Twitter that I'm kind of like split about it. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. I wasn't really enthused. And I'm a person who usually is like gets emotional at Star Wars trailers in particular. But this one was very Kind of JJ Abrams. It reminded me of Star Trek Into Darkness again, like which I reference when talking about JJ sometimes. But in this, in that, like I feel like this trailer played it too safe. It's still trying to hold back so many secrets and details of even basic plot points that really what when you think about it, what you're getting in these trailers is a lot of nostalgia shoved at you. That's
2: such a good point. I did not even yeah, think like, about
1: that. You get a lot of the old stuff. And they've been playing up that this is the ending of the saga, like yeah. that's it. But you have no real idea, like what is happening in this actual movie, like.
3: But don't you typically love that in trailer?
1: No, like I mean, You're I, the I need. One that
3: always says like I don't want. I need theme, ready. but
1: I need thematic hooks. Like the last, oh, I'm gonna get roasted for this, but the Last <laughs> Jedi is a great example of that main trailer that came out and kind of thematically hooked you on this idea of Rey and struggling between the darkness and the light and the temptations and Kylo being there and this really ending scene that suggested maybe she does, you know, convert. Maybe she does, you know, unite with Kylo. That was a lot of intrigue kind of pulling you, and you knew the basic premise of the movie. Yeah. She goes to meet Luke. The training's not what she thinks. She kind of sets off on her own and has to face this temptation. That was all that. shown
2: in the trailer.
1: Yeah, you got that basic lineup and none of the twists, like none of the big yeah. stuff.
2: I feel like we didn't get any of that at all. However, I didn't notice that. So no, that's a that's, good sign and I felt very emotional watching yeah, and it. And I'm not a huge Star Wars like fanatic. I like it. I watch it. My parents raised me right, okay? <laughs> but I, I'm not as big into it as a lot of my friends are and I actually got teary-eyed twice and I got the goosebumps and, What maybe
1: like what got to you
2: um, C3POs saying goodbye it, <laughs> honestly I've, I I know some people have said like maybe he's saying goodbye because they all die but I felt like okay I think he I think he's like for some reason plugged into this ship because he's dying or something like that and then um, also just I don't know like everything just gave me the goosebumps like all the different landscapes I just thought it was really visually beautiful. To, to look at. I
3: mean, you have a good point. I mean, you the comparison, I think, is apt as far as Last Jedi, you see the thread of the story and you get a better idea. Absolutely. I didn't like Last Jedi's trailers. I love Last Jedi. Like, it's one of my Feel like I loved it way more than Force Awakens, but Force Awakens had better trailers. This is again in the same suit of it's all the it's all the heart points. It hits all the, yeah. the that nostalgia the works in a very small space. Oh
2: the hug. The hug. Yeah, like all the the tears so much oh, stuff.
3: I came away from the trailer going like, oh my god, like I wanna see this movie. Me too. I, I'm, I'm extremely excited. I'm probably going to be, I hope that JJ, <laughs> but I hope that he adapts some of the <laughs> Ryan Johnson stuff you know in a in a way that isn't just like a giant appealing to all the Vocal Star Wars fans like do some interesting things, maybe do put your own spin on stuff. I feel like he will end up playing things safe in the movie, but as a trailer, I loved this trailer. I came yeah. away excited, I
2: loved it. But now that I've heard your take on it, I'm like, I'm noticing those holes. I'm noticing, yeah, let me those, put out this PSA.
1: I'm not one of those people who needs to rain on other Star Wars fans' parades. Like, if you're like it, like, and, and this trailer does a job, like, in the sense that yes, I'm definitely gonna go see this mm-hmm. movie, I definitely want to see this movie. Um, it's just, I have a weird thing about, like, like I said, I have a weird connection to Star Wars trailers. Like, they've been some of the most, like, replayed, rewatched trailers besides Joker that I've ever, you know, sat down and watched. Yeah, Matt, that was for you. But, uh, um, but, like, yeah, and I remember where I was when I saw, like, uh, the trailer for Revenge of the Sith, and knowing that was the end of the prequels and how epic that trailer was. And it's just, this one feels like product to me, I think is like what it is. This feels like, we got to the point where this is just fully packaged product and that's kind of what it feels like where every shot was carefully selected to make sure we're not giving away anything But we're going to have this rousing score. And I think the real hero of this trailer is the score. Beautiful. By John Williams. (laughs)
2: Unbelievable. Even
1: when it's just like mundane and dying down, like the score is rousing. And so like and if you play it on big speakers like Booming and it's just like it's hard not to get emotional from that. Or like, yeah.
3: I was listening to that sucker on my phone and it's still like. Yeah. Yeah, Your phone's like shaking (laughs) out of your hand. (laughs) So good.
2: I watched it five times in a row. Wow. Wow. I watched
4: it on
1: like. I, was, I did it. Yeah, yeah. I watched it. it about three to four times on different on different venues, like on a phone, on a tablet, on yeah. a TV with the sounds, like all that stuff, just to kind of take it all in. I want to. I mean, it's going to be epic when it plays in a the theater. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
5: Well, the the thing is with with Star Wars right now is that I mean they don't have to do anything. They can just no. put the movie out and not tell you anything about it before it comes out. The, uh, and the fandom is in such a weird spot where basically they're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's one of the franchises that can benefit from being completely silent and kind of just letting people make up their own minds about it. So they're not going to give you everything. No, It's the ninth film in a, in a saga, so all they really got to do is say, hey, look, here are all your favorite people. They're back. We're not going to tell you what they're going to do because it's such an event you have to wait for it you know you have to wait yeah. to experience it and,
1: and like it. i said they're playing up the the event status of it and i get that was it I a trailer
5: think, i mean it was it was serviceable yeah. there's nothing memorable about like, the fact that it's star wars i
1: think they yeah. they could have pushed a little bit more like the thing that really started to like light my eyes up is when we got like vague glimpses of thematic stuff like po saying, like people will follow us if we lead like that whole thing about becoming new rebel leaders is interesting the Ray stuff seems to be getting confusing for the last film where she's like, nobody really knows me. She's like teen angst. But that could be, again, interesting. <laughs> Just a little more pushes on those, I guess, I, I would have liked. I still think, personally, and J.K. and I talked about this, I still think the D23 trailer is the best representation of how to balance the old and the new because that true just that trailer does a great job of bringing back all the old nostalgia and the voiceovers Mm -hmm. and stuff and then showing you just a buttload of new exciting footage that like you're like whoa and then it ends with ray flipping out the double lightsaber and you're like oh and then like that's it
5: well like we didn't have that i mean the big reveal was the the dark side ray But if you were to end this trailer with that, it would kind of set a different mood than what we're going to get in this movie. Yeah. So, I mean, like, as cool as that was, if they were to do that for this trailer, it kind of would have a weird feel to it because. You know, like, that's what The Last Jedi did. It was ending on a down note, and if they ended a trailer on a down you like, oh, what's going to happen now? So. No,
1: but I'm, I think I mean, I'm just referencing, like, it was the wow
5: moment. Oh, yeah. This one it ends... It was definitely a better like. Clip.
1: Like, I feel like, almost like a epilogue moment that we're seeing early, which is the voiceover from Luke and Leia. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Luke and Leia's Force ghost saying, the Force will be with you, and then Carrie Fisher has the last word with always is, like, the end of this film. So, like, I get where that's coming from, but, like... It is this conundrum that we're kind of stuck in forever mm-hmm. now. Like marketing the big end to a whole saga versus marketing like one movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And the different approach. And it seems the internet's pretty of, split too. Yeah, Gosh, it's crazy.
2: Both. I couldn't believe how mean some of these <laughs> comments were. I thought I loved it. And then I started reading the comments just under the Instagram post that you guys posted. And I. Well, yeah. I was like, I'm I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, like I I'm wrong to love this. <laughs> no, I'm not no,
1: people are split, but like and it's very decisive split. Like you love this three PO thing and I, I can't stand the three PO. Oh thing. no. I'm like with the camp of people who started ragging and making it threads <laughs> like so three PO saying this to his close, close friends who he's like barely hung out with in this That's sequel true. trilogy. Like that's saying true. goodbye to true. like Poe. God, just, just C- be like, look, CPO C- What are you looking at? I it don't know like you.
2: C- I don't know. I no. didn't even pick up on that. That's I just, want to
5: die now. R two were there. He was, maybe he was exclusively talking to. That's in everything. <laughs> Not are you guys, saying,
1: <laughs> dude. That's trust me. Go look on Twitter. There's whole threads of people analyzing this and saying, yeah, he was just saying f everybody else. Like <laughs> you two are cool. You, you're cool. You're cool. Everybody else, I'm just taking a look at my two friends. I would almost love it. Kill me. Now. Yeah. If it ends up being that.
3: <laughs>
2: that'd be great. <laughs> Maybe be we'll great. never know. But um, hold on to our own idea. Yeah.
1: But I mean, it's a Star Wars trailer. It's out there. It's getting views like crazy. And yeah, the tickets are flying off the well, shelf, and we're all gonna go see it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I haven't met the person. I mean, and I don't even believe that person when I meet him. Who's like. Oh so that trailer, I'm not going to see that end of that last Star Wars movie. I saw all eight. I'm not seeing the ninth. Like, yeah, I don't know who that person is. Um, but enjoy your shack, sir. <laughs> like, yeah, so we're all gonna go see this. Um I just hope, like I said in my tweet, like I just hope I still have fingers crossed that the final product is gonna be rousing and, and really moving and actually have a good story and it's gonna deliver. Like, I mean, all rumors seem pretty interesting so far. So I'm not, like, hating on this whatsoever. But uh, final thoughts? Anybody?
2: I'm just excited. I can't wait. Uh, and I'm going to stop reading the comments so that I keep being excited. <laughs> Don't let
1: them get into your head. Nope. Uh, yeah, Especially not Star Wars comments. Yeah. It gets really dark. Really Mad
2: dark. respect to all of the Star Wars fandom out Half there. Half of the
3: ones to my Star Wars articles are
1: JK.
2: That is true.
5: And when it's not him, it's probably Pat. You have to have the right opinion, you know.
0: (laughs) Spell Wookiee right. Oh yeah, there's two e's, Matt. There's
5: two e's in Wookiee
0: There are. Mm. See,
1: these nerds keep you on point. All right. I love it. Moving right along, so we're gonna move from Star Wars over to Marvel because uh, something we've been talking about for a while now is kind of been shaking out really fast here in the last few weeks. Which is what the future of Marvel TV would be under Disney, especially with these Disney Plus shows coming. Um, yeah, if you don't, if you're unfamiliar and been living under a rock, Disney Plus is launching like next month. We're getting a whole bunch of Marvel TV shows that are directly connected to the MCU and get like 12 million dollars per episode. So they're like long-form movies, basically. So exciting! And we wondered with all these official kind of Marvel tied shows, you know, officially tied to the MCU coming out, where does that leave like Jeff Loeb and Marvel TV? And guys, we now have an answer. Jeff Loeb is headed out the door. He's leaving Marvel TV in November, right in time for those Disney Plus shows to launch. (laughs) He's like, you took away my Ghost Rider show? F you, I'm out. Like, he's, uh, he's leaving. Um, and if you don't know, like the history, Jeff Loeb was head of Marvel TV, so he's the guy who made the Netflix, the Marvel Netflix universe happen. He made Agents of Shield, Agent Carter happen, Cloak and Dagger, Cloak and Dagger, Runaways, all those YA shows. But he also made Inhumans happen. He also made Iron Fist happen. Like, so it's been, and he also made parts of Agents of Shield that we don't like happen. So like, it's been kind of a spotty record. But the notorious thing is Jeff Loeb always had this feud with like Kevin Feige, where. Kevin Feige would not let Jeff Loeb play with all the best toys in, in the toy bin. It's
2: messed up, man. Because
1: Marvel TV wasn't really officially recognized by the MCU, but they were like this married couple who had to go out and still go to dinner and pretend like they were together and yeah. smile for everybody. And be like, we're just one big happy universe. And like internally it's like, no, you can't put the Defenders in, in anything. Screw you and your whole Netflix universe. And so Jeff Loeb is now taking a step out the door. And uh fu- Kevin Feige has won that whole war because he just took over all of Marvel. So now he has yeah. the TV, the movies, the comics, we did the that whole thing game the games. If you want to make a little Marvel like I don't even know, like a little I don't even know. I'm I'm blanking on some simple toy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he just owns
2: everything. I think he everything. owns Marvel
1: water balloons and like everything That's like
3: it. yeah. You know, so you br- I know we're all looking at this like, you know, this is a long time coming. Like Loeb was on his way out the door and And we can look at some of the like inhumans. Obviously it was a bomb and some of the other things. But if you kind of put it into context of you can't play with any of the cool stuff. So here's all our B and C and D list characters. Yeah. He has more success than not. I mean he, yeah, no, he made did. the yeah, Netflix thanks. universe Touché. pop with at the time, and yes, fans love Jessica Jones, but yeah, Jessica she's Jones not; great. she wasn't an A-list person no. at right. that point. Daredevil was the closest he had to like a A-list no. hero. But I'm the
2: then, only person that loved Danny Rand. Apparently, Iron Fist, right? I loved it.
1: It's a little split. Like, you you I like love the patron scene of Lost Causes. You love, you love Iron Fist. You love Jared Leto's Joker. What is like, wrong
2: with me?
3: Nothing. God. <laughs> nothing. God. I glass. like the Star Wars trailer. But, like, there's more Agents of Shield. I would say that's kind of spooky. No, it's I good. There's more good than bad. Carter was good. Yeah. It got canceled. Yeah. Yep. You know, like, he did a lot with not a lot. Yeah, no, he, I mean, so, yeah, you know,
1: props I mean, he did him. his thing. Like, <laughs> and, and it's always going to be the question, like, if they had trusted Jeff Loeb to do more with more, like, what would we have gotten? If yeah. season two of those Netflix shows could have gone bigger with more comic book or tie in storylines, what then?
2: Like,
3: yeah.
1: you know. And, and two so, of those
3: losses were with Buck.
1: Yeah, Scott Buck. Yeah, I mean Inhumans he. And Iron Fist. If there's one misstep in this whole thing, <laughs> Jeff Loeb trusted Scott Buck and <laughs> Scott Buck. Yeah, he screwed your buddy, because two seasons of Iron Fist and Inhumans down the drain was like the beginning of the death knell of the end. Yeah, for like Cloak like, and Dagger, people, yeah. seem like.
3: Runaways, yeah. people seem to like. Great Runaways, people seem to like. Yeah, no, I mean
1: he's done it. Like yeah, so. I mean, this is just how it goes in business, though. You go to war, you win, you lose. Yeah. He lost this one. So. He's going to end up somewhere.
2: Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. And
1: that's kind of the funny part. He's out now, like trying to get these first look
5: deals and be like, "I'm Jeff Lo." <laughs> is it one hundred percent
2: confirmed, dollars. or is it all yeah, just hearsay? He's yeah. trying it's
5: confirmed. to. He's trying yeah, to get like the article one of those first look in. deals okay. from Netflix or Hulu. He's like, yeah. "Hey, pay me a ton of money, and I'll make crappy shows for you." Wouldn't
3: it be uh, hilarious <laughs> if he did
5: get it from Netflix though? <laughs> DC Universe, come calling. Like, well, we had this $500 million set aside for J.J. J. Abrams. That, what are we going to do with it I mean, now? I Loeb
3: is responsible for that wonderful Batman Superman run which I liked until the last arc
5: no I mean he's also yeah I mean
1: people forget that like before he did all this he was a pretty accomplished comic book writer I mean he wrote the long
5: Halloween like, Batman hush yeah, yeah and he Batman also hush. wrote Ultimates 3 and that yeah, was it.
1: like and this is what we keep saying he was terrible he's like he's like a lesser I mean he's like a more accomplished version of David S. Goyer like Ugh. everything he picks out of the hat every project could be a real hit or just like a real steaming pile of crap like depends on the day and like how much they've had to drink I'm sure but like yeah this is uh this is going to be interesting to see where Jeff Loeb ends up but i mean i would love to see him just come back and do some comics just just cleanse his soul yeah, some write some comic yeah, book stories crazy. again for a while because he was doing good at that so for perfect opportunity
5: to hop ship to DC
1: That's what i said DC universe come calling hey well We need a guy who can make a mildly popular universe to our not so mildly popular universe. We're not looking for hits. We don't have big dreams, but we want like medium (laughs) success. Oh
2: my gosh, this is messed up.
1: Medium success. And you look like a medium success type of guy. All right. All
2: right.
1: So let's stop. Jeff Loeb. Good luck. I tried to big up Loeb.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I
1: mean, I've I've liked him. I actually like him when he MCs like panels because it's like having your dad like MC a Marvel panel.
5: Oh, do you remember when he wore that kimono? Yes. The, the <laughs> no. Yes. Such I don't taste. remember this.
1: Yeah, he he does very interesting things, and he comes out with bad jokes and outfits, and like I said, it's like
2: that is adorable. Like, he's lovable. <laughs>
1: yeah, but that's what I love it. It's yeah. it's kind of he's like a character, and he because he's so passionate, he really loves it. Yeah.
2: That's like he, awesome.
1: like he, I've never seen Jeff Loeb more happy than when he got to like make all the big Marvel TV big drops on like Saturday night of New York Comic Con every year. Like when he brought out Sigourney Weaver and like you know for Defenders, like all that stuff. So he's having a good time, and I hope his good time continues. I hope he lands on his feet. As for Marvel TV, I don't know.
5: I don't know. Rest I don't in know. peace, Runaways. What's up? Rest in peace, Runaways.
1: R.I.P. Runaways. R.I.P. Cloak and Dagger. That crossover. Good luck. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you at the relaunch. Yeah. All right, moving right along from uh, Marvel to the esteemed halls of Valiant Comics. But um, <laughs> Valiant Comics, remember those guys from the
2: 90s? They came still back, and they're kind of still... In pog form. Man, you yeah, guys are feisty form. today. I'm loving this. Yeah,
1: we're a little peppery I'm today. I'm a little it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Don't mess with us on Taco Tuesday.
2: It's all pepper.
1: Uh, oh, great. Uh, so, like, yeah, Vin Diesel, you know, he's... <laughs> Whittled his career down to these fast and Can furious you movies. This one? <laughs> I don't without being peppery. Oh, no, without way. Being, no way. That's oh, not even a possibility. God,
2: oh. I think something's wrong with me. I loved this. No, no, I like this too. Okay. We're not we're not you are not wrong somehow, for it. To... somehow he's leading
5: to a compliment. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Somehow
1: okay. This is what I do. <laughs> this, this is what this is I do. You know it. the
5: system works. Yeah.
1: One hand smacks you, one hand rubs your back. That's how we do it. All right. So Vin Diesel's been whittling his career back down to Fast and Furious, but he, you know, that man's been trying to launch a bunch of IPs. R.I.P. Last Winch Hunter. Oh, don't bring that up.
5: <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Triple X.
1: <laughs> R.I.P. Triple X. I love Triple X. That's like X. one of Charlie's favorite. Return movies. of
5: Xander Cage Not was so much fun. I love that. Nope.
2: Oh, I don't man. like many Vin Diesel things.
5: You like Fast though, right? Fast mm-hmm. and Furious. I mean, you're not getting a lot of variety, you know? It's, yeah. Vin Diesel it's, is I mean, yeah, Do like you, the you like the Vin Diesel thing you or you like don't? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's not that I dislike them. It's just you that I You don't like I a
5: space dog in
1: Riddick? Things. Riddick with yeah. spa- the alien dog? Very
5: diplomatic. Come on. Yes. It's Riddick true,
2: though. Riddick does kill
5: someone with a teacup, and that was like one of the cool scenes in it. Yeah, yeah, Riddick was awesome. But uh, anyway.
0: Oh, you're He's right, trying
5: to come back, Vin Diesel,
1: and launch a new comic book property in Bloodshot, uh, the adaptation of the Valiant Comics character who, wait, yeah, Valiant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for a minute, I thought he was image. I was, like, losing it here. Um, And so we got a trailer for the Bloodshot movie, which we've known is happening for a very long time, and we've all been kind of, like, ready to talk and roll and see something truly horrible come out of that. But uh, Vin Diesel pleasantly surprised. On a day with Star Wars, people were still kind of like, oh, yeah, like, pleasantly surprised by this Bloodshot trailer, which is just called... In my in like Vin Diesel's Edge of Tomorrow, yo, which is like my name I for this movie. I did see that. Yeah. comment
3: in the, in the tomorrow, show notes, yo. I did laugh at
1: that. Um, because it's basically they take the Bloodshot character in Mythos and they spin it into this interesting kind of yeah. sci-fi movie about a soldier who's killed and brought back with nanotech, and but they're using these kind of programming to kind of make him commit these assassinations, and he's kind of stuck in this loop and hearing this song, and it's like. Edge of Tomorrow, I forget, Terminator meets, like, what'd you say? Was it you who said, like, it's like Terminator meets Memento?
5: I did not, but I wish I did. That's a good quote, yeah. (laughs) I'll take that for it. Yeah, I
1: mean, that was a good quote. I mean, a lot
3: of that is in the comics. Yeah. It's like, that is the characters. Mm -hmm. The nanites and, like, the being essentially used as a weapon and, like, all that stuff. I mean, that was very true to form. I just thought the humor and the self-awareness of some of the scenes was the most pleasant surprise, you know, and I also think they found an interesting way. I mean, the only bloodshot people have seen thus far in, on a screen is Jason David Frank's bloodshot from Ninja versus the Valley Universe, right? Which was honestly what I expected from this. I expected like straight up like Vin Diesel action, brutal, you know, knife through the skull and like that kind of stuff. Cause that's the character. The character is essentially Wolverine wow. in the books, right? He's he that's what he does, and it's mm-hmm. always brutal. And here that's a little toned down. And like I like that it's a little more meta and lighthearted than I thought it would be. I mean, especially yeah. the stuff with him and like I forget the guys. Guy Pierce.
5: Doc. Yeah. Like anytime Guy Pierce is playing like a smarmy scientist yeah. or businessman, like I'm all for it's it. It's great. Yeah. And
3: so that's really interesting. He does that really well, yeah. 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 so, you and, and the action looked the action they showed, they didn't really, I feel like, show a ton of straight up just action scenes, but I mean, Showed a good amount.
1: The, the stuff that's there looked good. And yeah. So as
3: long as. It, yeah, you see a
1: dude whipping on like a exoskeleton harness yeah. with arms, Spider-Man arms and cool. then going at it. Yeah, and like stuff. that stuff looked. I like the red lit stuff. I like the sequence of his face getting blown off yeah. and then coming back together oh, and yeah, turning that around was, and shooting that was, that was somebody really cool. like. And that was cool. Like, yeah. Um, some of the Vin, Vin Diesel dramatic moments, not so cool, but like.
2: It didn't you know. stand out in a bad way, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't terrible. I'm home. Yeah. yeah and as someone. You who, don't know
1: men like <laughs> me.
2: <laughs> I didn't know that soldier. this was a comic book before I watched. I didn't know that. Hi, sorry. I'm a noob at times. Um, I didn't know and as someone who couldn't like re- like have anything to base it off of, I loved it. I thought the trailer was great. I understood exactly what the movie was going to be about. I was following it almost too much. Like I was like, "Oh no, they revealed the twist that the you know, the doctor's a bad guy." Like I was actually kind of bummed that I figured that out in the trailer. Yeah. Because You've if I no was watching that, peers. I would have been like, shocked.
1: Yeah. Unless Guy Pierce is a hero. And even in Memento, when he is a hero, he's still a bad guy. So, yeah. Guy Pierce
3: is mostly bad guys. Honestly, what? They probably did that so that. When you see the movie, you're not necessarily focused on the twist, and more yeah, just right. focused. He gets to be more open with the audience, yeah. I imagine. Right? I imagine yeah. that's kind of the reason you put that in, Because tra- I agree that that no, it would seems typically like be a twist. The trailer
1: there. it seems like there's a lot of dramatic irony. Like you, the audience, are going to know a lot more than Vin Diesel's character yeah. knows. Like you'll see him passed out and them, you know, talking trash and doing. I love that. Thing. It's kind of like a RoboCop feel to yeah. it. Like I hate
2: it when I before. don't know. It drives me crazy. <laughs> I love actually knowing. It makes me feel a little bit like God.
1: <laughs>
3: oh, <wow. laughs> I did not see that going there I'm not going to lie Neither did I Okay
2: <laughs> But yeah I really liked it just I just like it This the beginning of the like Janelle's. Five it conversations It almost is like matrix <laughs> The beginning of five too.
1: conversation Journey to where Janelle's like Yes and here. when I have them Strapped I in I In my hand Little puppet And it's first night I feel like God and Like yeah uh, but like, yes, knowing does make you more godlike. Um, yeah. So I'm
2: destroying things, apparently.
1: You know, in for bloodshot <laughs> with
3: a god complex. I'm about it. Okay. That was the <laughs> well, general impression too online was like it was
1: all that like hey yeah I,
2: I mean like Every, yeah, everyone if you
1: look with... at the UK version of the trailer it actually ends with a hashtag do you feel like God now? No way. No, I'm just joking. Oh
2: God, god this is, is why really you put well me well on up. this. You sold that really President well well. Blonde.
1: Oh, no, but um, no, but I mean, it's okay. Like, yeah, I I think it does give, in all seriousness, I think it does give enough of the movie away to make, like I said, I was surprised by how they hooked this as a sci-fi movie, like even more so than just like a comic book action movie. Mm -hmm. It's like an interesting sci-fi premise. And like, I was like, oh, uh, I can, I can get down with a good sci-fi hook. And this one managed to do that. So Bloodshot, present, pleasantly surprised. It's not as hard. I'm interested
3: as we to see because the only bummer about this, because of course Valiant had grand plans at the beginning of we're going to launch our own universe and all the other characters are coming, and now not like the licenses to those characters are like three different studios. They went Marvel out.
1: in the '90s, so
3: like I think like Paramount has it, XO, and like somebody else. There's there's another company that has like two other prominent stars, character wise. So it won't even be under Sony. Or they'd have to make some kind of deal or whatever.
5: No, I think just one company. I think it's Paramount has... Is it Exo? Has all of them. And then Sony Sony has Bloodshot Bloodshot because they got rid of all because yeah. they were gonna do um, Harbinger. That's right. And then they were gonna do a crossover, Harbinger Wars.
3: So now, if that, if they, I mean, they could still do all that because they have everybody good for else. them to avoiding things that nobody wants to see. But up so, well, you don't want this? I would love to see a good EXO
5: movie. See, like I have a soft spot for Valiant because that was when it was created in the '90s. I was yeah. a kid and they had all those terrible foil covers and yeah. stuff. Like I collected all of those, <laughs> You know I didn't read them. I <laughs> yeah, die like, cut. I was foil a product awesome. of the '90s comic book. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I read them all. I had a lot of them and I couldn't stand most but of
5: them. But the, the reboot like- was really good like the, the I had already accepted Image really
1: Comics good. as a knockoff Marvel and I couldn't do it again. I
3: mean if you want to, if you pick one Valiant
1: book I mean I've also liked the Doctor
3: Mirage stuff but as far as Exo Exo's run is fantastic Been In the re- consistently, consistently new, solid in the new one mm. so mm-hmm. good
5: the original one too yeah. the original Yeah Exo Man of War was really all I mean never
1: bad I'm not like I'm not crapping yeah. on that like yeah So I would like to see a good version of that. I don't know if we'll get that, but No, anyway. I don't know if the cloud is there. Yeah, no, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if the cloud is there. But uh check out the Bloodshot trailer. It's up on comicbook.com. When we come back, we are going to deep dive into our review of HBO's Watchmen and Matt is going to break down all the big things happening in comics this week. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We haven't really done much of a lead in or coverage of Watchmen on the show because I didn't did know the what the hell. Trailer. Yeah, we that did the first it. trailer and we were like, what the hell is this show going to be about? And yeah. none of the marketing really solved any of that <laughs> since <laughs> then. It was already kind of like weird because I feel like Watchmen is starting off from a weird place. I didn't even remember it was premiering this week oh, wow. until we were in a meeting too. and like it was part of my job. Yeah. And even then I was barely aware. So I was like kind of like shook on like whether people, have, what the level of awareness and buzz was for this because. They didn't really reveal much. It wasn't like a big hook. It was interesting trailers. And it was kind of like we said at the time, it's like a weird concept because Watchmen is a hard, this show is a hard concept to sell at all because diehard fans of the comics, whereas most comic book fans would like to see a continuation of something and you told them they were going to continue this world, they'd be like, cool, like awesome. Watchmen is like that one book where people are like, you're, you're doing something beyond Alan Moore's end? No. No, I remember like just getting into this business and like 10 years ago when the movie was just about to hit Mm -hmm. theaters and all of the conversations and arguments online about that, which turned out pretty okay. Like Zack Snyder's uh, Watchmen. I like Watchmen. Yeah, so do I. And I even like the changes he makes, and I'm okay with that. So, this show coming along and adding a whole new chapter that was never based on any book and all of that is a hard sell for the diehard fans. And to the casual fans, it's like, what the hell is going on? You're starting midway through the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. um I, I can speak on that. I actually don't. I didn't see the movie. I haven't read the comics, but I dived into the show, and it was cool for me to experience it. This I is still why you're here, don't you know. Don't we need these know. perspectives. Well, I'm telling you, I still don't really know like how these are. Comic book or superhero related in any way at all. Like it all just seems normal until squids start falling from the sky. That is literally the only thing that made me go, oh. What? There's another dimension. And I didn't even realize that was another, it was a different dimension attack until the guy was being um, berated in the like pod. It it was, it was super confusing. (laughs) Yes, sorry. Spoilers. Spoilers. I just, I didn't even realize. Oh, yeah, we should tell you. We're going to talk full spoilers about Watchmen. It was not what I had expected at all based on the artwork. Like, I thought it was going to be like futuristic. I had no idea what time it was set in. I didn't know. Where it was set, nothing, but I left wanting to see the next episode and also like shook with the end of I the first wish, episode.
3: I wish there was like video of someone like you or, or someone, Watching any it? fan's reaction yeah, when, it's like, like a they, lie they don't know what to expect yeah. from this property and the squid start
2: falling I, I dig it though, I'm so about that. I'm like, a am a Whovian, so like the weird stuff, time travel, interdimensional, anything that's weird hooks me. like That's honestly, that I'm so curious about that that I want to continue watching the show. I'm like, well, where did this come from? What, what the hell was that about? It makes no sense, like out of nowhere.
1: It's a pretty good, accurate description of Watchmen's premiere if you are not, even if you're familiar with the comic, there's still a lot in this that is still like, what? Yeah. Um, I, I liked it a lot, actually. Similar to you, like I don't think you had to be, in some ways I think it's better not to be a comic book fan mm-hmm. coming into this show because the show does its own job of world building and kind of establishing mythos that is built off the end of the events of the comic, but kind of exists on its own. This show is not like a direct translation of the comic in kind of any way, except for the characters that it references. Yeah. Okay. Um, and even then, we don't know anything about what these characters are like now. Wow. Because there's time has passed. So much time has passed. And Did they
3: say how much time has passed, by the way?
1: Um,
5: well, the, all that I stuff happens it,
1: in the 80s. Yeah, and all that stuff happened day, in the 80s. This is present yeah. day. Okay. So it's been about 30 years. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: well, so. they also showed the whole intro was... In yeah, the intro.
1: So, like, yeah,
5: let's 1920s. talk about that. So, Very, very... Hard to watch, but... Very very hard to watch. I mean, people don't even really know about the the Tulsa race riots.
1: Yeah. So, like, yeah, the show opens, and that kind of shocked me, because, like, I'm a history buff, and and this, like, was a major... I mean, this is a fascinating piece of history in the fact that it's a buried piece of history, Mm -hmm. and it's also, like, one of the worst terrorist attacks, uh, domestic terrorist attacks in American history. It's also the worst race-related, like, attack or violence in American history. Um, and Watchman very boldly opens with this scene in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921, which is the time of the Tulsa Race Massacres or the Greenwood Massacre, which was Greenwood District of Tulsa, became this very uh, economically successful section of the city for African Americans, and it was called Black Wall Street. They had businesses. They had this whole economic base. It was, like, a fully functioning part of the city, and some incident happened between, like, a black guy and a white girl, and then it blew up into these whole riots where like the black people defended themselves at this courthouse and shot a few of the white people and then it just exploded and it became this state-sanctioned operation to go into this black neighborhood tear it apart kill a bunch of people burn it down and basically do that and like everything you see in there is a is a real recreation of it so like you know all the violence people getting shot in the street but the airplanes too like the government that's what i was gonna yeah the tulsa government like launched let like white pilots get in these planes and launch from this airfield, fly over, it, bomb the city, or bomb Greenwood, and sh- snipe people with, like, you know, guns from the airplanes yeah. in the streets and do all that. And then the city of Oklahoma, in like Oklahoma and Tulsa then basically scrubbed it from all the history books. It was scrubbed from every one of the state history books, like uh, national history books, yeah. and just covered up. And even the people who lived there were, like, forced to live there and basically never mention it, never talk about it. And this went on until, like, 1996, Uh, when they finally formed a committee who then came together and then finally published a conclusion in 2001 that said, yes, this thing happened, that happened, and we're going to give reparations, and so far they have a state park that says this thing happened. So that's the payback so far. Um, Yeah, and they opened it, and it was a very powerful thing that, like, yeah, somebody said, I think, who, did one of you guys, like, oh, no, Russ sent me, like, people said when they saw the uh, pilot, like, at a convention, they were like, man, Google searches for the Tulsa Massacre is going to go skyrocket. Sure enough, it's like yeah. skyrocketed. So that was a very powerful, bold opening. But um, it really did a good job of setting the stage for what venue this episode's about, which was totally unexpected with this whole thing about race relations in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and kind of like the stuff that's still bubbling under the surface. Because that was the whole thing about the Greenwood Massacre. It was like all this stuff that had been bubbling over the surface kind of exploded out yeah. into this thing. And that's kind of what this first episode is kind of referencing again. And in history that we decide to scrub away, which and they was like, brilliant to tie it
2: together too, yeah. because of like, you know, the kid that is the survivor. Like in the beginning of the episode, you see a character, and at the end of the episode, you see a character that is probably shouldn't be able to still be in existence, but um, it's just it's crazy to see that because it just ties it up with a little. Oh, yeah. it was really nicely done,
1: and they tie it together to the comic as well because. This is a theme, obviously, that's going to tie back to how Watchmen ended. And Watchmen has a controversial ending because basically, oh man, Janelle, just put your, put your thinking cap on for this one. So basically, Jeremy Irons' character in the show launches this whole thing, the whole thing is a mystery these heroes are investigating about somebody who's trying to cause, you know, World War III is about to happen in this alternate America. And Jeremy Irons is the smartest man in the world. He, become, he puts together his plan to manipulate all the heroes, to get rid of Dr. Manhattan, who's like the Superman, to manipulate world events. And then he launches this fake terrorist attack where he has all the world's best writers and scientists and artists go to this island where they create this monster that will, he transports into Manhattan and sets off this psychic bomb. It kills a bunch of people. It's this big, like, world-changing event. But it, it they think that there's this attack from another dimension, and so all the world leaders band together and they avert World War III, and it brings peace to Earth but he had to kill all these people to do it. He has a and little Thanos, yeah. little
2: Thanos and problem. the
1: other heroes ultimately don't punish him. Like, he, he gets away with it, essentially. And wow. the heroes that know either live now in assumed identities and in different lives, or Dr. Manhattan leaves Earth. Rorschach got killed because he was the one who was going to ruin the whole thing, and they killed him. And so this ties back to the beginning of this episode because it's basically a history that has been scrubbed over, this massive act of violence that has just been covered up and swept under the rug. And we've assumed, you know, it's been assumed in this world that everybody can go on and just live in this better world that's going to come. And of yeah. course, that's not the case. And wow, this is where this kind of like is now exploring. But uh yeah, that's it doesn't... Awesome. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Like, it's and it does a wonderful really well job done. of grounding all this in the story of building this world where in Oklahoma, they show you how police have changed because... There were these reactions to police and vigilantes. Now the police all wear yellow masks around mm-hmm. their face, okay. and they don't identify them. Police are all secret, and so like they the have, whole like, thing kicks off. They have cover stories and yeah. everything. They have cover stories like yeah, nobody because I've
3: seen
2: yeah. the yellow the masks. yellow masks. yeah, imagery, yeah. yeah. and
1: it's okay. really great imagery in the, throughout the episode. It's really well shot, and so like it's all creepy because you go it's on a police so thing creepy. and like. All of them are just standing around. They have all their masks on. They, they, can't, really identify they, themselves. they
2: can't carry. They have to yeah. ask for permission to get their gun to be unlocked for them. So, like, in the opening scene, yeah. like, obviously one of the officers is struggling to get his gun unlocked.
1: And Clearance. it kicks off about this whole story of Oklahoma police begin to figure out that there's a resurgence of this alt-right group called the 7th Cavalry, which is basically alt-right people who got who saw rorschach's journal when it was exposed
5: well that's and, the, one of the coolest things is yeah. how this world is set up in the aftermath of watchmen because at the end of watchmen rorschach before like when he gets killed before he gets killed before he finds out the ozymandias is behind it he has a journal that he sends to the conservative newspaper mm-hmm. the new frontiersman which you see in this show so it makes sense that middle america would be all conspiracy theorists that yes. believe mm-hmm. that there was this alien hoax attack and Now they're like these weird QAnon type alt-right. They're masks, you know. (laughs) So
2: creepy too. And that
1: was Rorschach. Rorschach Roar mask that was a Rorschach blot that moved on its own. Yes. And so those are like the masks they wear. And and the whole thing kicks off when a police stops a guy and realizes he's part of the seventh cavalry and that goes badly and it starts off a war between the police and this Oh my god, this sounds amazing. I'm telling you you have to
3: (laughs) see it.
5: There are a lot of there are like a lot of Things that, you know, like people can have problems with it because the way DC well, Comics treated, well, I mean, the way DC <laughs> Comics treated Alan Moore, they could have given him the rights to this stuff, but it's too lucrative. So they're not going to. Yeah. Mm. And if you're, if you don't but like Alan the way. Moore is a
3: whole different. Like I feel uh, like Alan Moore. But is I mean, a like
5: there are a lot of critics that don't the enjoy on, so. the show because of that. You yeah. know, they don't wanna they don't think it's ethical to even have anything to do with it. Yeah. So I think it's just an interesting like that's that's a valid conversation, but they're kind of missing out on a really good take on this on these mythos. I've seen the first six episodes and the first the first one left me a little uneasy, but Man, it picks up, and like by episode three, it's like this is
1: yeah. Watchmen, and this is a fantastic cast, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, led by Regina King, who you know, I I really tweeted out. I don't think there's anything that Regina King can't make I awesome. That.
2: That's true. And it's like, true. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> like I was just going back through the hits, like everything for Boys in the Hood to like Boondocks to. What was that, Southland to, like, now this to all the movies she's getting Oscars and Golden Globes for? Like, good for Regina King. She deserves this. She's been in, like, the game a long time, and she is so awesome. it
3: was in Miss lady too, right?
1: Yeah. The yeah. best. <laughs> That's Matt's
2: reference Congeniality
1: 2.
3: On Friday? Can you
2: throw Maleficent oh,
0: you somewhere?
1: Oh, you mean the Miss Congeniality
2: 2 lady.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and then this,
1: her playing Sister Knight, her as a superhero vigilante character and like a strong female character and her relationship with Yaya, Abdul, Martin and like him being like the lowest Lane, they have this awesome gender. Kind yeah, of it's great. Where he's like the Lois Lane type in this first thing. Um, while she he protects the kids while she's like going out like superheroing and stuff. I love Don that he just Johnson. doesn't even
2: ask questions. No. It's like okay, babe. Yeah, he's, I like, gotcha. yeah. he's
1: like yeah, he's like yep, yeah, all right. Yeah, and Don Johnson really shines in this pilot. He's really great, um, which is not something I thought I'd be saying. Nash Bridges, point. yeah, Nash Bridges is the man in this. Um, yeah, and Tim Blake Nelson's awesome in it, uh, but the real shining is uh, Panda by 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 far.
5: Everyone <laughs> <is laughs> hates
1: that guy. Yeah, so like the cops all wear masks, and like she said, they they have to ask for access to their guns because yeah. they can't just carry guns. And so the guy who makes the determines like the master, the sergeant at arms, who determines who when they can like release their guns or not, is a guy who wears a panda head. It's like an
2: oh, actual yeah. like stuff. Yeah, I've panda. seen
1: panda referenced on
2: Twitter. It's like I don't know how many odd. times. But, it's like,
1: not. Yeah, this is not everyone? a designer callback. Uh,
3: like, but yeah. Yeah. the
2: silver one I is like really cool. Panda. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. And like yeah. And so. Yeah, and it does a good job of just taking the weird world of Watchmen because Watchmen is this alternative 1980s where Richard Nixon was never stopped and he became permanent president. And, yeah, all these things about kind of consumerism, fascism, like we're pushed to this nth degree. And just seeing living in the bones of that world and having it built back up has been very interesting. And I'm really looking forward to more Watchmen.
2: Me too. Yeah.
1: It's good. I'm and JK already knows six episodes in, he's like, it's good. Oh,
2: I'm so jealous.
1: Yeah. Just
5: rubbing my hands. Yeah. He's living
1: in that Brandon Just Davis wait. space. Uh, Jean burdened Smart's by knowledge. Gene
5: by... Smart's in it. And oh. she's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Gene Smart
1: from Legion's In It. And uh yeah, she's supposed yeah, to be really awesome. She's Silk Spectre 2. Shh, that's a spot. I loved Legion's. Well, they already say it. I mean, they literally say it like in the show. <laughs> so yeah she plays one of the original Watchmen too so that's gonna be really cool Designing Women's turn. all right Matt take us yes. home today stop stop yes. I even
3: told her she's like
1: oh Legion's cause cool. I, like, I know but if I say Designing Women he's gonna give me time. no we all watch Designing Women not all of us will reference it though but uh Wow. Take us home, buddy. <laughs> put those put those reference I, put those reference skills to good use. And tell us cool what's hot in comics this week. What should we be checking out? Uh,
3: so yeah, so speaking of age properties, Angel uh, Boom Studios brought back the Buffyverse, and uh, Angel and Buffy are now in a crossover event called Hellmouth. Uh, so if you're, this is kind of a new take on the mythos. So even if you watch the show, they kind of remix stuff. Certain characters are not introduced yet and so it's kind of a new spin on that it's really good so far so there's enough in there if you watch the shows to like you don't need to have watched them you can come in there's new characters there's new stuff for you to explore but if you do you can kind of see where certain things are going and it's cool there's a lot of easter eggs and stuff so angel number six is out uh dc continues to wow me with action comics 1016 this last two issues of action comics are so good. Like, this is what I guess people, when they first pitched Bendis on Superman, saw. And it's been kind of lackluster until these last two issues. And Naomi is, like, the reason for it. And providing this kind of younger character who's learning her powers and and has a kind of unique family uh, and putting Clark in the middle of this and having, like, that's made Superman more interesting. So if you're looking to get into Superman, these last two issues have been... Fantastic. Uh, Batman Beyond number 37 uh, kind of introduces, by the way, spoilers again, I just like walking (laughs) spoilers. spoilers. Uh, Batwoman Beyond starts this arc. So they're kind of doing their own take on that. We don't know who it is yet, but the issue tends to suggest it's either like Barbara Gordon or somebody else. So if you're a big fan, like this comic series does tie in to the show. So if you liked the old cartoon there are things that kind of make their way into this. It's not like a direct thing, but it's there's a lot of tethers there. So uh, the Flash stuff has been really cool when they uh, reintroduced the Flash, Wally West's Flash into it. So this is kind of interesting. It's pretty good. Uh, Batman uh, Curse of the White Knight number four. This first, there's three, it opens with like three pages. And uh, those first three pages are phenomenal. Like it's such a gut punch. There's such a, and spoilers for those, uh, Gordon was shot in the last issue, actually was stabbed and then shot and then thrown off a building. So oh it's God. like a little bit of overkill. Brutal. A little bit of overkill. The old Gotham <laughs> <laughs> but, this, but this issue starts out with like three pages of like Barbara seeing him in the hospital. And then there's a reaction from Bruce that Bruce is kind of, they do the harder edged Bruce. Like he's not the jovial one in this book. But there's just like such a moment of vulnerability when he realizes like what's happening to Gordon. And there's like just one page. It's just like, ah, oh, hit me like right here in the feels. So definitely check that out. Uh, G.I. Joe number two. I remember talking about this uh, last month. The first G.I. Joe surprise it's not out of me. I didn't really expect anything from it. And they killed off like a major character and Cobra runs everything. And so it kind of did this topsy-turvy thing on the world. And so this one's coming out. Number two comes out this week. So definitely check that out. Uh, Amazing Mary Jane number one, if you've been wanting a Mary Jane Solo series, you now have your wish. Uh, Hashtag not my spider. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, this just takes off directly from like the core Spider Man book. So if you're interested, you can definitely check that out. Um, Marauders number one. Comes out. I've been waiting. You're for, so excited. I know, and it's and it's so good, by the way. He's like, grinning freaking, like, my, like year to ear right in. now. It's
1: been pretty entertaining. Oh, it's
3: so good. Like, I cannot, I'm so gushing about that book. Uh, you can read our full reviews on Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday, but mine, like, you're gonna like essentially see this in written form because like I'm gushing. It's so good. Uh, everything about it. I love it. Uh also, Strike Force number two. Uh, if you've been waiting for more Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew. Uh, She is in this book, but there's a bunch of other characters too. But really, it's about Jessica Drew. It's cardiac arriving. I don't know, but uh, real quick detour, so I was reviewing WWE 2K20, and you know who my wrestler, what my wrestler name is? Cardiac. Cardiac. Oh. It's amazing, uh, That's it's awesome. awesome. Uh, finally, uh, for the ones who, one who have kids, but also just who like the Secret Life of Pets movies, uh, <gasps> Titan Comics has a Secret Life of Pets, volume two, number one comes out. The art is adorable, so, and it's got Snowball, Superhero Snowball, and Duke and the whole gang. So I know cute. you,
2: know? <laughs> you're so judgy I can right get now. down with it. It's
3: so good, <laughs> it's so fun. And uh, so yeah, if you're I love you're Max. Um, so yeah, very much though. And also uh, take a look at the, because that's it for comics. But uh, if you pay attention to comicbook.com, we will have reviews of WW2K20. Uh, you'll have my review of that. And then Marvel Champions is the Marvel tabletop game for Fantasy Flight. We will also be doing Ooh. that. So fans of games, comics, tabletop, everything, make sure to check out the site. So That's
1: it, comics. I'm plugging, man. <laughs> I'm <laughs> plugging. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you for listening in. And if you're just now discovering the show, as so many of you are, please be sure to check in every Wednesday and Friday because that is when we post new episodes two a week, Wednesday and Friday. Be sure to check them both out on comicbook.com. There you can subscribe to our RSS feed where you can get regular updates of the show so you don't have to remember. Or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, or you can tell any Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast, and it'll do it right for you. If you want to continue the discussion with us, just hit us up at the hashtag Comic Book Nation, or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB.
2: And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler.
1: J.K., you want to plug Um. anything over there?
5: You can follow me at what Joe, but I mostly just talk about the Utah Jazz and how much the Tennessee Titans are depressing. So that's actually (laughs) all right. So you can (laughs) follow me, Matt or Janelle
1: on Twitter, as we said. And uh, (laughs) pretty accurate. Ignore me. Pretty
5: pretty accurate. (laughs) If you love the show,
1: please go on iTunes. Leave us a five star review. We are coming up next episode. We got to fit in like a whole big uh, review. We're gonna do a review slam. So like, yeah, we're gonna give producer Jim Guscardi a long weekend by reading a bunch of reviews. So. This is it. Next episode, get your last reviews in. You want some free Comic Book Nation t-shirts? Be sure to get those in now.
3: Ten shirts apiece.
2: We <laughs> don't have to right. it
3: for
1: that. Matt's crazy promise will be where we end this episode. We want to thank you guys for tuning with in with us. As always, we are Comic Book Nation, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Deuces.